Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. The Iron Flute, Case 83. Kyozan draws a line. Isan said to his disciple, Kyozan, All day you and I have been speaking of this matter. Fugai comments, Both of you have tongues? And what have we accomplished, after all? Fugai, formless words. Kyozan drew a line in the air with his finger. Fugai. Why do you trouble yourself so? Isan continued, It's a good thing you are dealing with me. You might have cheated anyone else. Fugai, the teacher lost the game. Genro's comment, There are hundreds and thousands of samadhis and countless principles of Buddhism, but all of them are included in Kyozan's line in the air. If anyone wishes to know something beyond those samadhis or to sift out the best principles, Take a look at what I'm doing. Fugai, bad imitator. Genro's verse. The miracles of these two monks surpass Mogalana's. Fugai, both are hallucinations. All day long, the sham battle rages. Fugai, a battlefield on a pinpoint. What do they accomplish after all? Fugai, no words, no thoughts. One finger pokes a hole in emptiness. Fugai, most awkward. When the clouds are gone, the sky is limitless. I'll read Genro's verse without Fugai's interruptions so that we can appreciate it better. The miracles of these two monks surpass Mogalana's. 
All day long, the sham battle rages. What do they accomplish after all? One finger pokes a hole in emptiness. Yogan Senzaki's can't call it an, a comment, but contribution. Isan was taking a nap one day when Kyozan came in and greeted him. Isan turned sleepily to the wall. Kyozan asked, why did you do that? I just had a dream, Isan replied. Can you interpret it for me? Kyozan left the room, returning a few moments later with a basin of cold water for his teacher's face. Then Kyogen came in to greet his teacher. Isan said, Your brother monk has just interpreted my dream. What is your interpretation? Kyogen went out quietly, and returned with a cup of tea for his teacher. Aeson commented, You two monks perform miracles like Mogalana's. Mogalana was supposed to have performed miracles, but I must congratulate Buddha Shakyamuni for having such good disciples in China almost 2,000 years after his death. Happy July 4th, potato salad. Happy anniversary, Daibosatsu Zendo is 43. Happy Miracle Day. Happy birthday. Someone is 70 today. Someone else just turned 69 a few days ago. Anyone else? Anniversary session birthdays? We are all celebrating our Birth day. And with each cycle of breath, dying 
and this morning chanting, bowing, commemorating all who in some uncanny way came together is coming together in what Soen Roshi called spiritual interrelationship. Continually manifesting in each of us, right here, right now. And I received an email yesterday from Jisho. She writes, Hello, Roshi. Glad session is going richly flowing middle day. Always so flavorful a taste of session by this day. The extras fall away. I am okay. Things going smoothly at Hoenji as I am aware. Just breath and space of empty. Joy of life gifts. Though I may not resound in harmony with peace, I accept it as it is and continue. There is some struggle. And what can I offer but love? Love and bows. Well, I brought Daibosatsu's Bibles. <laughs> Endless Vow, the Zen Path of Soenakagawa. Eloquent Silence, Yogen Senzaki's Teachings. Namudai Bosa and the Book of Rinzai. So, relax. <laughs> at the first session held here in July of 1971. When I say here, this place didn't exist. But down in Jarakawan, what we now call the Beecher House, which is under assault. But anyway, at this July 31st session, Hayes said, we are all traveling. We are all 
a universal cosmic trip. A wonderful trip for everybody. Even for someone traveling with a miserable dark mind, crying, crying. That is one kind of cosmic trip. Some travel full of happiness, full of brightness. But no matter how we travel, let us travel. Since we are egoists, I too am an egoist, let us enjoy our trip. And then he said, There are not only three dimensions to this world. There is a fourth, a fifth, a seventh dimension, endless dimensions. This endless dimension universe, it is unthinkable. We cannot think it. There is no need to know all of these dimensions anyway. Right here, right here is endless dimension, universal tea, this subtle matter. One cup of tea. What I am saying is plain fact, not religious talk, true fact itself. Namu Daibosa, the book I was just reading from, Transmission of Zen Buddhism to America, presenting teachings by Nyogen Senzaki, So Nakagawa Roshi, and Edo Shimano Roshi, was published to mark the formal opening of this building, Daibosatsu Zendo, July 4th, 1976. And as a gift for the bicentennial of the United States, In his introduction, Shoro Lu Nordstrom wrote, Nyogen Senzaki once imagined himself saying to his teacher, Yoga Kutsuso and Shaku Roshi, America has Zen all the time. Why should I meddle? And Lu continued, If America did not have Zen, Before Zen came to America, Zen could never have come to America. However, while it is true that America had Zen before these Zen masters came here and would still have it were they never to have come, it is also true that without their coming, we might never have known that we possess this treasure. Another way of saying, 
Sentient beings are fundamentally Buddhas. You are fundamentally awakened ones. But have you awakened to this fact? This is session, right? This treasure being realized and actualized on the banks of Beecher Lake. It's not merely that this is a place of sublime beauty, but that it conveys something truly mysterious, truly beyond words, cannot be spoken. We try, but I think part of what we feel is the power of the karmic links that we have, whether we know it or not, and the extraordinary relationships that led to this, and that you each are carrying on, whether you know it or not. The relationship of Nyogen Senzaki to his teacher, Soen Shaku, is one that was so deep. And there is a poem that he wrote three years before his passing on July 7th, 1955 about this relationship. In a dream, I'm lying in a pagoda with my old teacher. When I awaken, I am on my single pillow in the Western Hemisphere. For more than 70 years, I have floated on the Alaya Sea in this illusory boat. And this this feeling of inter the spiritual interconnection. We read this morning Soosan Zenji's verse, Faith in Mind. And he says, this is beyond quickening time and extending space. For it, one instant is 10,000 years. Whether we see it or not, 
that is manifest everywhere in the ten directions. So it has nothing to do with our usual conventional sense of time when this kind of relationship begins. There is truly no end to it. Edo Roshi, in his introduction to Endless Vow, quotes Daito Kokushi, whose admonitions we just recited. He once said, parted from each other for millions of eons, yet not even a second separated. What Daito Kokushi meant in this verse was that our phenomenal self and our real self cannot be separated. My relationship with Soen Roshi was that close. It is in this verse that one finds the everlasting teacher-student relationship. And Andy, too, his teacher, Domo Geshe Rinpoche, passed away on the eve of 9-11, as if to be there to help people cross. And he is still with us, and his reincarnate, Lama is just 16 years old. Beyond quickening time and extending space. Yesterday, we heard of Joshu Jushin's 40-year relationship with Nansen Fugan still continuing, and of Dokoro Oshozen Shuko-san's 30-year discipleship with their teacher, Joshu Sasaki Roshi. So we come to this case in a very appropriate way, commemorating all of these extraordinary pioneers and beloved teachers who came to America And the sense of relationship 
was perhaps close as close could be, perhaps as close as nonsense and joshus between Kyozan Ejaku and Isan Yei. Kyozan lived from 807 to 883, Isan from 771 to 853. And everything we hear about them and their lives were extraordinarily interesting. Some of you know the story about how Isan kicked over the water pitcher and became the one who had to establish a monastery on a distant mountain and had all but given up, was dragged back by his sleeve in the resident tiger's mouth. They really had, they, they had extraordinary intimacy. And I've always felt a special affinity to them, to their manifestation of myo. Myo is this wondrous, mysterious, subtle, non-rational, direct encounter with this wordless truth. This is not a koan for explication in any way. You can feel what I'm speaking of here. Just the short passage that it opens with. Isan said to his disciple, Kyozan, all day you and I have been speaking of this matter. In what way were they speaking? Anyone? Wordless course. Hmm? A wordless course. Hmm. Mind to mind. Fugai says in astonishment, both of you have tongues? And what have we accomplished after all? Accomplished? Do I have something to do? Somewhere to go? The essence of Rinzai's buji. No attainment. Already complete and perfect 
as it is. And Fugai, at that point, confirms formless words. Well, many koans besides this one feature these two. And not so much in the usual way of, of testing or challenging each other, but rather this call and response directly and sometimes with words, sometimes not. They appear frequently in the book of Rinzai and often they are asking each other and commenting to each other about whoever it is who's having a dharma battle with Master Rinzai. And in one of them, they are the principal players. So let me read that to you. Carrying a letter from Obaku, Wangbo, who is he? Yes, very good. Rinzai's teacher. Rinzai went to Isan. At that time, Kyozan was the Shika, the head monk. Upon receiving Obaku's letter, he said, This is Master Obaku's. Where is the messengers? Who is the messenger? Are you keeping track? Who? Rinzai. Rinzai slapped Kyozan. Good message. Kyozan grabbed his hand and said, Brother, since you know, let's stop it. They then went together to see Isan. Isan asked, How many monks practice under Brother Obaku? Seven hundred, replied Rinzai. Who is their leader? asked Isan. He has just delivered a letter to you, replied Rinzai. Rinzai then asked his son, Osho, how many monks practice under your guidance in this monastery? Fifteen hundred monks, replied Isan. Too many, said the master. Brother Obaku also has no small number, said Isan. The master took his leave, the master being Rinzai, of Isan. Kyozan saw Rinzai off. He said, later, you go to the north. There will be a good place for you to live. Is that really so? asked Rinzai. Just go. There will be a man who will help you, brother. He has a head but no tail. A beginning, but no end, replied Kyozan. And later, 
When Minzai went to Qin State, Fouquet was already there. When Minzai began teaching, Fouquet truly supported his activity, but he had not been there for long when Fouquet cast off body and all. So you can sense from just this interaction the kind of um, mysterious level of understanding and prediction that Kyozan was capable of. He began his training with Tongan Oshin, and after Tongan's death, he went to Isan. And he asked Isan, what is the true abode of Buddha? Isan answered, think of the unfathomable. Think the unthinkable. Or as Daito Kokushi said to us today, transmit the untransmissible. Return your thoughts to the inexhaustible numinous light. And Isan continued, when all thoughts are exhausted, You've arrived at the source where true nature is revealed, eternally abiding. This place, where there is no difference between noumena and phenomena, is the true abode of Buddha. Isan trained with his teacher, Hyakujo Eikai, for some 20 years. And he and Rinzai's teacher, Obaku Zenji, were the greatest of Hyakujo's many Dharma heirs. Isan's Dharma heirs, in addition to Kyozan, were anybody? Another Kyo. Kyogen, correct. Kyogen Chikan, who also appears, if you remember, in Nyogen Senzaki's words to this case. And another of his Dharma heirs was the sole woman listed in the lineage charts, Yutetsuma. She was called that. Iron grinder Ryu. Why? She did. She terrified monks who entered into Dharma battle with her. Not just any men. The encounters were quite fierce. So Isan and Kyozan were the co founders of the Igyo school, an esoteric school. Some of you may not realize that Zen has or had an esoteric school. Mm. Even Hakuin called it 
hard to fathom. Goso Hoen, in our lineage, described it as a broken tablet lying across an ancient road. And the Igyo school was the first of the five schools of Tang Dynasty Zen. Probably you know the others. One other, at least, you may know. <laughs> yes? So first, Igyo, then? Huh? It's a safe bet. Huh? Then? Soto, good one. Oman, very good. And last? Actually, Hogan. Tang Dynasty. So yeah, when we think about esoteric Zen, we think about uh, perhaps Tibetan Buddhism, we may think about Shingon, Kukai in Japan. But the hidden teachings in Zen What did I just say? Go back to the sixth ancestor. And at Hoenji, we've been reading in our Dharma study, the Platform Sutra, and it's quite hidden. Nowhere does he speak about the esoteric teachings. But he, Eno Winong, the sixth ancestor, created a sacred and secret text that contained 97 <laughs> circles, different circles, like mandalas, along with other symbols and many important Zen masters' teachings. So then, some of you may know this story. Eno, the sixth ancestor, entrusted this text to Nanyo E Chu Kokushi, the national teacher Chu, who gave it to his trusted disciple, who was Tangen Oshin, Kyozan's first master. Okay, you're keeping track? You may, some of you, you may remember him from case 18, in which the emperor Shukuso asks Chu Kokushi how he can honor him when he is nearing death. And Chu Kokushi says, Make me a seamless cold pagoda for this old monk. So then the emperor asks, what style should it be? 
Now, this is one of the funniest sentences in all of the Hekigan Roku. Hmm? Right? Make me a seamless pagoda. It's like saying, write me a book in which there are no words. And then someone wants to know, what language? What language? Yes. Or what font? Or anyway. That was what he said, and Kokushi remained silent. To this question, what style should it be? And after a while, he asked the emperor, do you understand? And like many an emperor before him, what did he say? No, I don't. Well, Kokushi said, I have a disciple named Hangen. He is well versed in this matter. This matter. Ask him, please. And there's a very famous poem that Tongen offered when it came time for the emperor to ask him. But before this exchange with the emperor, Chu Kokushi told Tongen, and here's another prediction. This whole, all of these different aspects to this diamond of esoteric Zen, quite extraordinary. Chu Kokushi told Tangen, 30 years after I've died, a novice monk will come from the south who will greatly revive this teaching. When the time comes, pass the teaching on to him. Don't let it end. Who was that novice monk? Well, you have to rule out Tongen because he is the one who's hearing this from Chu Kokushi. I didn't say that. No. That novice monk was Kyozan. Are you getting chills? There's still more. You may remember in the Rinzai Roku, the section about planting pines. And there was an episode where uh, 
Obaku asked Rinzai, why plant so many trees in the deep mountains? And Rinzai gave him an explanation to create a better environment for the monastery and to make a landmark for future generations. Having said so, Rinzai struck the ground with his mattock three times. Obaku said, fine, but you have already received 30 blows from me. Rinzai again struck the ground three times with his mattock and breathed out loudly. <sighs> Under you, our lineage will flourish throughout the world, said Obaku. Another prediction. And then, later, Isan mentioned this episode and asked Kyozan, at that time, did Obaku entrust his dharma to Rinzai alone, or is there someone else? Kyozan said, yes, there is. But he will appear in the far distant future. I don't want to tell you, Osho. Isan said, I want to know. Come on. Kyozan said, one man heading to the south will spread the Dharma in the region Goetsu, Uyue. But upon meeting the great wind, he will stop. This person who is heading to the south meets the great wind, and that's where he stops and continues this lineage. Who is that? Also, we chant his name, Fuketsu and Shows and Jidai Osho. So, now, let's have a little break for tea. Here's the story about this secret text some of you may remember. Tongan passed two Kokushi's secret text to that novice monk, Kyozan. Okay, holding this. Secret text, Tongen, from Chu to Kyozan, who was predicted to come along. He is a novice monk. Sometime later, for some reason, Tongen had a kind of concern. He said to Kyozan, you know that text with the symbols I gave you? Yeah. 
It's very rare, very precious, very esoteric. Kyozan said, yes. Well, after I examined it, I burned it. <laughs> Tangen. What? This Dharma gate of ours, this esoteric Dharma gate, can be entered by only a few. How could you burn it? Kyozan said, well, after examining the contents, I fully comprehended their meaning. What was the use of keeping it? But if you'd like another copy, no problem. I'll make one. And he sat down in front of his teacher with his brush and did the whole book from memory, circles and all. I mean, you can start to feel, right? These guys are really something. Isan, Kyozan. Right? We may use the word esoteric and somehow we are put off. Zen is just, you know, you sit down, you shut up, and after you've had your great experience, you get up and then you sit down and shut up again. What's esoteric about that? But really, what is true insight? What is this but mystery made manifest? Or you might say the extraordinary experienced as ordinary, as Nansen said to Joshu, ordinary mind is the way. And we chant the Heart Sutra. Avalokiteshvara, you can. The Bodhisattva of compassion, doing deprajna paramita, clearly saw. What did he see? What do you see? Clearly saw that the five skandhas are shunyata. completely empty of any substance, any unchanging form. Whatever you can find, check it out. See if it has some permanent form. Check out your own body. Already changed. More wrinkles. So every 
form, feeling, thought, volition, consciousness, empty of inherent reality. Therefore, in our zazen, it's the most esoteric experience, right? We can meet the secret doctrine of this moment in its fullness because of shunyata, because it is empty. Or we chant in the Bodhisattva's vow. You can join me again. When I, a student of Dharma, look at the real form of the universe, all is the never-failing manifestation of the mysterious truth of Tathagata in a event in any moment and in any place. None can be other than the marvelous revelation of its glorious light. None. Ku, hmm? empty. Because of this emptiness, we can experience this. And when you think why you came, why you are drawn to Buddhist practice, isn't it the real form of the universe? Whether you're aware of it or not, At some point, you may be struck dumb by it. We chant, form is exactly shunyata. Shunyata exactly form. It's not that there's a little bit of form over here and the rest is shunyata, or that there's form, you know, and not quite. No, the Heart Sutra tells us, Avalokiteshvara tells us, out of this true experience of awakening, exactly. So we are drawn to this. We are drawn here and we find each other again. You may feel skeptical. You may feel this doesn't compute. Well, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't compute. Here's one of my favorite examples with Isan and Kyozan. 
It's from Kato Oshu, the Entangling Vines Collection, Case 60. Ison told the assembly, and here again, prediction, again and again, Ison, Kyozan, Chu Kokushi, seeing what's called the future right here. He said, 100 years from now, I will be reborn as a water buffalo at the foot of this mountain. On the left side of the buffalo's chest, the character monk of Mount Isan will be seen. If you call it, Monk of Ison, it will be a buffalo. If you call it water buffalo, it will be monk of Ison. What will you call it? Now remember, this is the same Ison who kicked over the water pitcher when asked that question. What will you call it? Kyozan came forward and bowed. So, truly, going on and on about all of this, beneath the surface of this koan is really all I can do. As Isan said, we've been speaking of this matter. Really? And what have we accomplished after all? This line in emptiness. Is it one or is it two? This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.